Welcome back to the Unanimous Decision Podcast. I am your host, D Palm. Follow me on Twitter at D Palm66. Follow the show on Twitter at UD Pod. Follow the entire MTR network at you guess it. The MTR network. You found us. Don't you dare lose us. Subscribe on iTunes. Subscribe on Spotify. Subscribe everywhere you get your podcasts for free. 99. We're back. It's the end of your week. It's the beginning of ours. Big playoff week ahead of us. Lots of yeah. football to discuss behind us. And we've got an expert to help us do it. Michael Felder. Uh, at in the bleachers on Twitter. What's going on, Mike? Man, listen. I never called you Mike. That was weird. Yeah, I know. Just call me Felder. It's fine. Um, every, I, like I every, to. every day is a new day. Um, it's just you know you wake up this morning. Your wife is sick. She's got a fever, and you're like, okay, I guess I'm doing everything today. And you are. And guess what? I'm that. That's that's who I am. I am doing everything today, and I feel really good because I was able to get all the laundry done. I'm also here to do the podcast, pick my kid up from school. And like, this isn't me looking for a celebration because like, this is just what you're supposed to do as a parent. And I just feel like oftentimes moms talk about this and I don't hear as many dads talk about it, but like, I'm the mom of my family because right. like in terms of like traditional roles, yeah, I'm going yeah, yeah. to, I'm going to do I do all the grocery shopping. I'm going to do all the cooking. I'm going to make sure she, I, I've taken care of my wife all day. I've made her, I, I tricked her into taking a little medicinal cocktail. She thought it was just Dayquil. I slid some Delsim in there too, to help with her cough. Don't worry about it. They're both orange. That's how we do play your, I take notes on every med, every time we do medicine, I take notes on all of it. I know what's going on. Let's go. Can I just say that I want to put this in the best way possible. That is a reflection of the football guy in you because yeah. you don't do your job to get rewarded or get celebrated. It's just, it's my job. I'm doing yeah. this. I got picked to be part of some leadership development program in my new company for the year. You're reading a book on like, um, on leadership right now. And it's good and it's interesting, but it's also like, yeah. Like, it's like, yeah. what do you mean you should take ownership of things that, like, yes, if you're in the right. charge, anything that happens wrong below you is your fault. Like, that's how this yeah. works. Like, what are we talking about? Like, it, And so I think part of it is yes. being in that mentality for so long, it translates so deeply into other aspects of our lives that we don't even consider. Like, my wife will say something like, had a really tough like couple years i'm like i don't you don't realize that the tough thing's tough to you look back and like oh that was harder than i thought it would that that was a bit absolutely. of a headache, it? yeah absolutely and like i i think I, i'm like like i have to make sure she takes her medicine i have to make sure that she yeah. stays on and i have to make sure i keep a chart for it i do that like that's what i do like i'm yeah. not making light. i know moms go through a ton absolutely yeah, yeah. not making light of it i'm just saying that like every time i go on instagram and they're like and if you're a mom, you have to. And I'm like, yeah, I have to do all those. The, 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 the rub is filter. We're going to move on, I promise. Most guys aren't like this. Like, they, like, there are a lot of, I've, I have a lot of female friends who grew up in married dudes. I'm like, huh. I don't say it, not positive, just, huh. Right. Yeah. Huh. Like, what this do guy. they do? <laughs> what, would you, what would you say you do here? Yeah. So it's just, I, I don't know. This is a product. Of when we played football, because right. when we played football was the beginning of what's going to be known as the Saban era. We graduated, yes. he took Perfect over segment. Bama, and the world changed. Mm -hmm. And it's been interesting because it was the same week you saw Saban step down, you saw Belichick essentially get fired. And right. you had these conversations on 
who is truly the best? Guys, I'm going to something very clear right now. If Nick Saban had wanted to be Bill Belichick, he could have been Bill Belichick. Sure. Bill Belichick's personality would never have allowed him to be Nick Saban. And Nick Saban's not wired in the glad handy kind of way, but he knew what he had to do to be good at his job. Yeah. And the and other reason why I oh, – go ahead. Well, I, I, I listened to guys like Channing Crowder talk about Saban when he was with the Dolphins, and he was like, I think Saban wasn't mature enough in his career. And then I, I kind of go retrospect. So I kind of reverse engineer this. I played with a guy, uh, Will Long. His dad's Brad Long. Brad Long, uh, one of the best defensive line coaches in all of college football. And Will always told us, he's like, everybody hated Nick Saban. They hated him. Could not stand this man. Like all the coaches. Because he wanted you to be there before he got there. Wanted you to leave after he left. And they were like, I can't do this. I got a family. And I, we start to see over the course of his career, and I guess this is the first step that we're going to take into this, because we're going to talk a lot about Nick Saban. But he was not ready when he got that Dolphins job. He was not prepared to treat these young men like young men. He, was, he wanted to treat them like children. He wanted well, to be in control. It's also the difference between the work. And this is where someone's going to have an opinion. Sure. Coaching college is harder than coaching the NFL. Full stop. Yes. It's a different job because it's it's more. There's no off season. There's it is you are sprinting and it's, and it's that way largely because of the guy we're talking about. When he got to LSU, people were like, "Oh, he no, he didn't build at LSU. He raised the ground and started something completely new." Right. Well, that's the same thing at Michigan State because that's what I'm talking. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about that. They were like, "If he doesn't take this LSU yeah. job, I'm going to be looking for a new job because I can't keep <laughs> working for this man." Right. And so it was, that's the interesting thing, but you're 100% correct. He did. This is like, this was, it was scorched earth when he got there and he mm-hmm. created a new thing. And we'll talk about the new hire in a little bit. Um, but the thing that I loved about it is he, he started his new, th- his new thing. So God, I feel like, I feel like the fucking Kevin Spacey, not in a bad way, like in a good way of like, <laughs> like, it, like, like usual suspects, like you have yeah. to like, to understand this guy, you, yeah, you have to understand this. You have to understand this. And so to understand Nick Saban, you have to understand Belichick. To understand Belichick, you got to understand Bill Parcells. And this all starts with Bill Parcells. And Bill Parcells said a thing that I will never forget. I'm sitting down with my dad. It's 7 in the morning on a Sunday. I'm I'm a kid. I'm up. My dad is up, too, because he's in the military. We're, we're sitting there, and it's when Bill Parcells made the comment, if you want me to cook dinner, you have to let me shop for the groceries. And it was the big tuna. He said, I'm going to be the GM. I want to make these decisions because if I'm going to get fired, I'm going to get myself fired. I'm not going to let some pencil pusher up in the office get me fired. And so they came up with this system. And it starts with with, with Parcells, but there's Belichick. There's a couple other influences in there. But it starts with this system of we don't want to take three-year guys. We want guys that have played a lot of football in college. I'd rather have a five-year guy that runs a little bit slower than a three-year guy that flashes but doesn't show up. And so you start to see that happen, right? It's, it's the Pats. It's the Bills. Uh, not It's the Pats. It's the Jets. It obviously starts with the Giants, but it's that. And the only time that they take these three-year guys are when they are otherworldly, Lawrence Taylor. And so you start to see that. And then Nick Saban starts to build this, like, thing in his mind palace. And – Obviously, he worked for Belichick, but then he starts to build this thing. And I don't know if anyone's seen this, but Nick Saban's got a chart. 
And that chart has height, weight, length, speed, body composition for every single position. If you don't fit in that box, he's not talking to you. Your phone doesn't ring. Yeah, it, you, don't, you don't get called. Like Javier Arenas has an NFL career because Nick Saban took that job when he was already on the team. Yes. Because, because otherwise he would have never called him. Not once. You're too short. It's so you're wild a little that you say that and people don't realize that it's a system because all of a sudden you look up and like, these are the same Alabama receivers for the last year. Like, it feels like the same guy over and over, over. and over again coming at me. Over and over and over and over and over and over and over. And what does Marshawn Lynch say? And over and over and over and over Man. and over and over. But that's what he does. And he built a system. And so we saw Jimbo Fisher adopt that system at Florida State after working with Nick Saban. We saw him adopt that system at Florida State. We saw him deviate a bit from that system at A&M. But guess what? That deviation got him. I mean, I guess it got him $90 million, but still. I was about to say, it got him very well compensated. We got him fired, though, is what I was trying to say. But, yeah, I mean, listen, fire me for $90 million. Come on. Hey, I'll sign up tomorrow. Tomorrow, Let's go. But then you see deviations in this, right? So you see Will Muschamp, and Muschamp worked with him. And Muschamp was like, he thought he – Muschamp is – he's he's volatile, but he thinks he's such a good coach that he can make a guy that's five foot seven, five foot eight. He made that – listen, I love it. Muschamp made a defense at Florida, and you hated it. I know you did. Yes. But they had a defense at Florida that played seven defensive backs at one time because he was like, I just want to put the best players on the field. And it's a nightmare because these guys are just moving around and they could all run. And then you look at um, – and here it goes into the evolution. And I want to get your – I don't want I'm – not, I'm not trying to talk too much, but I, I want to get your thoughts on the evolution because he was such a control freak, which I think is why the Dolphins didn't work. And then he was such a control freak but he, everybody wanted to copycat him, right? So you think about just just the SEC, Muschamp, who got fired twice. <laughs> he got Muschamp got fired twice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Kirby Smart worked out. The the only one who was like, I'm doing an exact Xerox. I'm not altering a goddamn thing. I'm doing the yes. exact copy. <laughs> but I but but he's also smart enough to do it. Yeah. And then you throw in. Tennessee did it twice. Jeremy Pruitt and Derek Dooley. Whoa. Everyone who watched Jeremy Pruitt's defense on at Georgia was happy for that. Like, good yeah. luck, guys. Have fun. You guys are going to tear it up. No, I think it's really interesting. Jimbo Fisher, too, at AM. It's hard not to look at both these guys, particularly look at the coaching trees, and compare the Belichick and Saban thing because it's so similar. The Belichick guys come out and they try to re- – you cannot recreate that Charlie without Weiss. a lot of winning. Without Romeo a lot Cornell. Of winning. Charlie Weiss, Romeo Matt Cornell. Patricia. Matt Patricia, Josh McDaniels. Like, what are we like? like Matt Josh McDaniels twice. <laughs> yeah, twice. They, that's his Will Muschamp. <laughs> that's his Muschamp. But for me, the big alteration, and maybe it's just the 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 depth of pool they're working in. But mm-hmm. when Belichick would lose guys, he'd elevate guys and never bring in really variety of thought. Right. Saban was secure enough in what he had built in the fight. Part of it is how he got the job. Bill Belichick yeah. got that job because he, he left Cleveland. He wasn't exactly a hot coaching candidate, and so he kind of did what he wanted to do. They backed up the goddamn Brinks truck for Nick Saban to take the job. No one wanted – 2006, Google, no one wanted this job. Yeah. No one wanted this job. Well, they've just so, gone through 
they just gone through what is it, Mike Price? Mm-hmm. That was that a situation or that was that a situation? Look, look, people <laughs> like they're seeing they're seeing flashes. We're gonna talk about the new guy in a second. We're seeing flashes now. If you're not a certain age, you don't know what it's like to watch loser Bama fans. It's some right. sad shit. It's it bad. is some reprehensible behavior. You're about yeah. to see them act. Let them lose four games. They act real bad. They act so bad in these streets. Yeah, it's 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 um, interesting. It's interesting to see it all play out because like. That, we're in college in 2006, so we're not really thinking that much about it. Going into 2007, we're not really thinking that much about it. Because I'm, all I'm trying to do is make sure I stay on the team. <laughs> like that's, that's all I'm worried about. I'm like, yo, dog, I don't – not me. Because I, I remember – because he got hired in 07, end of 06. Mm-hmm. Oh, end of 05, start of 06, we were worried that Steve Spurrier was going to take the UNC job. And we were like, we heard he hates walk-ons and he hates slow players. And I was like, well, that's me, both of them. Oh, for two. <laughs> I'm done. But, you know, it is what it is. But, like, then you start to watch it. And I started working in the space in, in 08. And so it's like you start to pay attention to it. And that 08 Bama team, that 08 Bama team lost to the Florida team. The Florida team won the national championship. They beat Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. So what happens? And this is, again, one of my things I love about Saban. He loses in 08 to a team that was quarterbacked by John Parker Wilson, mm-hmm. who you may or may not know from that TV show about Hoover High School. <laughs> Dog, one day they're going to do a follow-up on everything that happened after the cameras off, and I will get to laugh at all the stories that go public. That's all I'm going to say about that right now. Yes. So, And then the next year, it's Greg McElroy. Mm. Who you know what I have I want to keep having a career so guess what I'm gonna say nothing. nothing. Um, that's smart for you. Greg, but Greg McElroy, they go into the SEC championship game against essentially the exact same Florida team. And Nick Saban's like, hey man, fuck it, let's do it. And they go tempo for the first 25 plays. They go tempo. They got Greg McElroy running, and I'm like, this guy can't run, but. Florida has never prepared for this at all. They never thought this was going to happen. And so they went out and they just, they smashed him. They smashed Tim Tebow, Carlos Dunlap. They smashed Brandon Spikes. They smashed that team. I think what people lose sight of is that when Saban came into the league, college was very different. Winning the SEC was a fuck. That was a thing that mattered to a lot of people. And one of the defining traits of the Saban run was he looked you in the eye and said, you might beat me, but you'll never beat me the same way again. Yes, exactly. And, 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 and more to the point, when every time there was a challenger yes. to the throne, be it LSU, be it Georgia, be it Florida, he would make it. There would be there would be a game. There would be a moment. Every fan base has ones if your team mattered. Georgia's mm-hmm. was the, the black jerseys in 09. Mm-hmm. I told this story a thousand times. Tell it one more time. I had Lady I was seen in my house. Yeah. I had my big brother. Oh, I know this story. Friends, full <laughs> house. I'm talking. Doo, 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 doo. The, the they catch this the SNC for Bama saying they wore black because it's a funeral, and I was like, I don't, I don't love that level of cockiness. Um, I was like, Dan Landing doing the same thing at Oregon right now. <laughs> Dog, and all of a sudden it was a lot too little. I'm throwing yeah. people out my house. Get out of that. No, y'all have to leave. I and I sat there by myself. It's just me and some Budweiser's. Man, watching every second of that ass kicking. And people don't remember, like, Georgia finished third that year, or third the previous year in the uh, in the title, in the uh, rankings. Staff was back. Like, this was the year for Georgia mm-hmm. to make the leap. The recruiting was up. 
he set mm-hmm. Georgia back five years, ten years then. Like that yep. with that game. Every recruit in the nation's watching. They watched you get demolished. Not beaten, not like, oh, edged out. No, no. They came in your house and kicked your ass. And he kept yep. doing it. My favorite saving story is probably apocryphal, is that after they lost to Manziel, he and Belichick had their yearly dinner. Mm-hmm. He said, I did everything right. I covered all the things. Da, 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 da. And Belichick looked in the eye and says, well, it sounds like you had to score more points. And that's when he brought in Lane Kiffin. And that, for me, is the biggest difference in these two. Bingo. Is that Belichick found a very not safe because a lot of different ways like bill o'brien there's a lot of different offenses but he found a way to work it was never willing to be flexible within it nick saban was willing to empower his lieutenants to not only go get the new jobs because that makes your job more attractive the person who ruined college football in the 2010s is Davo swinney by running up the numbers on assistant pay salaries and not letting those young men leave and get head coaching jobs when they should have that's a that's a great point. I never thought about it that way. Like I was honestly, I was gonna just talk about the evolution because he went from being a taskmaster, Nick Saban, mm-hmm. to a guy who wanted to push guys out of the nest. He wanted, wanted to, to empower. He, he yes. I don't know if he saw it this way, but it was so much. It made the jobs they were leaving more attractive. Yes. And then you throw in. So that's what I was. That's what I was getting to is. So we get to this point where, and I'm glad you hit on it, where Bill Belichick was like, it sounds like you need to score more points because that's important because that's a pivotal point. If you go back and you look, there are, I think there are three seminal games for Nick Saban that come to a head with that Belichick point of scoring more points. The first game is Steven Garcia, Alshon Jeffrey in South Carolina. Steven Garcia ran for 33 so, yards in the first in the first half. They didn't know what to do. And then Alshon Jeffrey was like, I don't care. I could say there's four because I'll also go with Bo Bo Wallace and um well, so so you hit on the thing that well, and I'm gonna let you finish, but I do want to point out the thing that you just said that bugs me as a Georgia fan to this day is that I know this defense, which at the time was being run by Kirby, this mm-hmm. defense by design does not account for the quarterback. By design. Yes. Don't care it about it. So you're about to name four running quarterbacks. Who, so yeah. who score more points. Starts with Steven Garcia. That's, I believe, 2010. Then we get to – I'm not even going to mention Chad Kelly. I'm just going to go with Bo Wallace. Um, And I believe it was Laquan Treadwell, I think. It might have been, it actually might have been Chad Kelly and Laquan Treadwell. Either way, one of those guys. And, yes, then they ran for yards and they stole yards. And then we get to Johnny Manziel, 2012. And then we get to Deshaun Watson. It's at 14, I believe. And all of a sudden, especially in that Deshaun Watson game, what we're looking at, a game where Nick Saban needs two things to win. He used to always be able to count on himself. He used to always be able to count on himself, count on what he does, what he's got here. He needed a Kenyon Drake kickoff return. And he needed an onside kick late because he didn't want to give Deshaun Watson the ball back because he knew he was going to lose. And what happens? The next year, Watson gets the ball back. We got your ass, player. And they beat him with that Hunter Renfro, that speed out to the pylon. They got him. And so he realized, I've got to do something about this. And that evolution doesn't happen with most coaches. That evolution does not happen with – and I'm not just talking head coach. I'm talking about offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators. They're married to a system, and they only trust and believe their system. I think there are a handful of guys 
Andy Reid, one of them. Absolutely. Andy Reid, to me, deserves more credit than he is given. I think that Nick Saban obviously belongs in that in that conversation. I think we're watching it right now with Sean McVay, and we'll see how far it goes for him. But I think we're seeing some of that in him. But, man, I, like there's guys that just – their career flails out because they don't want to change anything. They like it how they like it. And that's the difference to me between Saban and Belichick. And that's even what you just pointed out is something I'm so grateful I talked to you about football with is because it's, and I see it in, in, in analysts, I use the term loosely, it's so easy to get married in what you did as the way to do it. Yes. And say, oh, this is what I always did. So why wouldn't you? the coaches that you watch evolve, like you said, Watching what Sean McVay did on the fly, like people are like, oh, he did no, no, he won that Super Bowl. He went to two Super Bowls because he had Todd Gurley on his team. Let's make that very clear. Yeah. He doesn't have Todd Gurley now, and he went out and got. We'll talk about Matt Stafford and how much I I love watching him throw football mm-hmm. later on. But it is, like you said, the flexibility. It's it's the uh, it's the Popovich equation. It's it's it yes. is Spolstra. pop pop. Yes. It's Eric Spolstra winning in like seven different ways with no mm-hmm. bodies and just. Bubblegum. It's just figuring out. It's like you said. It's true coaching. It's and that's the thing. I like and the thing I love. And then so we've talked about some on the field stuff. And like obviously it, it, we get gets us to Jalen Hurts, which leads us to Tua, Tago Bailoa, which leads us to Bryce Young. And we're which, here. Which Jaylen, starts because he trusts his talent. Yep. And he starts to and we start we go from a one he wide had to receiver. Learn to trust the talent he brought in. Yeah, we go from one wide receiver being the focal point in Julio Jones or in Calvin Ridley or Amari Cooper to, oh, wow, we can, let's spread it around. If we've got these guys, let's use them. Because, um, like, O.J. Howard, imagine if O.J. Howard played at Alabama two seasons ago versus when he played. Nightmare. Nightmare. And so it's really interesting to watch. Nightmare. And then – and you're a Georgia fan, so I you're watching slowly Kirby start to take the same evolution. Mm-hmm. Like he's slowly the, the change like, this year. And I don't think people mm-hmm. notice it. One player before the bowl. God. No, I was going to say because remember Washington, right? I was saying one player this season before the bowls. One player before the Bulls this year was passing for 250 yards a game. And the coordinator was gone. And for me, that was like, oh, say, Smart looked at what he had. The cover's not bare defensively, but it's not full of first-rounders either. And so he adjusted not just their approach defensively, but their approach offensively, like a holistic approach. It was an Evolution that honestly, a little nervous about. I didn't know if he could make the turn. And we could say that they maybe changed into some things during the SEC title game that led to certain results. But for the body of the season, I was impressed with the flexibility displayed by this staff and that coach. Oh, it was fantastic. And I, I really I enjoyed watching them play. So I, I think that Saban's evolution in that regard is really cool. And I think watching Kirby do is going to be very cool. And um Biggest thing for me on my end, 
with speaking to Saban, uh, speaking with respect to Saban, not speaking to Saban, speaking with respect to Saban, is that he is a guy that he wants to be a coach. And I, I saw a Tomlin interview, or Mike, Mike Tomlin, Steelers, Pittsburgh Steelers head coach. He said, I get tired of watching guys run away from coaching. I'm tired of watching guys run away from coaching. He goes, I love when I play someone that runs away from coaching. This guy can't learn. This guy doesn't have good hand placement. This guy can't do this. This guy won't do this. And it's like, you're the coach. How can he not do it? Like, and I like the thing that resonates with me with with Saban, with Tomlin, both of those guys, those are my two favorite coaches of all time, period, is they remind me of my parents. And we can talk about processing guys out of the program. Like, that's a whole other thing for Alabama. But like, I'm not worried about that. What I'm worried about is like the fact that these guys coach football. And when I say coach football, I mean you're either doing it, you're either coaching it or you're allowing them to do it. And that's the part that I really love because it does. My mom and dad are both teachers. They they're by trade, they're teachers. Uh they ended up in administration when they finished out, but they're both retired now. And they're both like hungry to get back into teaching stuff because they just like that's in their blood. And the thing that I always notice with them is they spent a lot more time on the kids that needed help, the kids that weren't perfect, the kids. And there's, and I, I've heard my mom talk about this a lot. She said, we, my English teacher, when I was in eighth grade, fuck this dude, hate him. Um, he only wanted to, he only wanted to teach smart kids. So in that case, it was the AG class, right? The athletically uh, get, or athletically, the academically gifted kids. He only wanted to coach. He only wanted to teach those kids, and he didn't want to teach like you know remedial English. He didn't want to teach you know regular English. He only wanted to do the the academically. I keep saying athletically gifted. The academically <laughs> gifted. He only wanted to do that. But my mom said that's not a teacher. Teachers want to make somebody you, you guys the ag kids are going to be fine right you're going to be fine teachers run into like it's it's like it's like a fireman right like firemen don't like stand around and hang out they run into that building and teachers run into students that need their help the most and i think that's the part that i really like about saban i, I remember him talking about musa muhammad him talking about Musin Muhammad at Michigan State, and he said he got in trouble off the field, and people wanted me to kick him off the team. I said, I'm not kicking him off the team. I'll make him do stuff. I'm, I'm going to make him run stadiums. I'm going to make him do these things, and we'll do that. So the thing with Saban with me is it's that evolution, right? Like taskmaster, whole deal. Then he becomes a rehab guy, right? And you mentioned, you, you mentioned how people wanted to work for him because they knew they could get a better job. Right. So you have your Mario Crystal Ball. Like Kirby Smart obviously goes and gets a Georgia job. That's a, a job that I feel like is pretty equivalent to Alabama. You have Mario Crystal Ball go get the Oregon job. You have Sarkeesian, a guy that was known drunk, get the Texas job. <laughs> like it's it's not funny because it's obviously something that's serious. But like that, there's no other way to put it. Like public drunk, public yeah. drunk. Like he was fi like fired for it. Yeah. Lane Kiffin, asshole. Public asshole fired right. for it repeatedly. <laughs> right. Yelling, they yelled at each other on the sidelines. Like these guys are not friends. Like they don't like each other. And so, but you go there to rehab. I, I called it Nick Saban's home home for wayward coaches. And 
he rehabs your career. Butch Jones was there this past season mm-hmm. after getting fired from Tennessee. Like it's it's one of those things that it works. So I think it's important. I think it. I I, I listen. I don't, I'm not going. I'm not going to pull punches. He is the best coach that we have ever seen. I think at any level. Okay. I think the evolution. Um, I think if you're a Michigan fan that's listening to this and you're like, we made Nick Saban retire. I think you're an idiot. Um, this man is 72 years old. He's coached for 50 years. He's watched this thing change like five times. And he doesn't, he doesn't, he's not worried about the change. The change doesn't no. scare him. No. He's not scared of the change because for all the people that are like, well, he doesn't want to have to deal with NIL or the transfer portal. I'm like, no. He told you. He told he told everyone. Was it four years ago when the portal came out? Or when NIL came out? Whatever. He told everyone, he said, if this is what you want, come on. You don't, he looked them in the eye and said, you don't want these problems. They said, he's scared. I'm like, no, you misunderstand yeah, his you gangster, sir. This, this is, is some, I know what I'm going to do if y'all make yeah. this shit legal. Listen, I've been doing it illegally the whole time. You want me to do it legal? And the other thing, the last thing I'll say about Saber, I know we got to talk about NFL real quick, but mm-hmm. last thing I'll say about him is he told the boosters to shut the fuck up. Shut up. And before the and they listened. Kaywin DeBurring got that kind of like that, that. Y'all about to see some real interfering shit. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. 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 But that, you're 100% correct. The like, power's gone back to the money, baby. It's left the coach's seat and it's back to the boosters. And let me explain something to the people who don't know about this school. Yeah. You either get a statue or you, it may ruin your career forever. Forever, you may like Kalen DeBurr, like he may do great there. I don't know. He brought in the uh, DC from USA for those non rednecks at Southern Alabama. Um, yeah. so he's got some local ties. He, he they play he, good defense, too. He, but yes, but also he's been he's showing the picture of someone who understands I'm gonna, I can't just not just like a Chip Kelly who say I'm gonna do whatever I want, wherever I want to do it. Right. No, he's like, I'm gonna need to respect what's been here. But before we go to the NFL, I gotta ask you this uh-huh. if. I, if y'all want me to stay at a job and I've been mm-hmm. in charge of that job for call it nine years, just pick a number. Sure. Nine. Okay. And y'all, and I want to leave for another job, but you really don't want me to go. And I say, I'll come back, but only if all the illegal shit I've been doing cannot be held against me. <laughs> Are we talking hey, about hardball? What? Who that? Dog, he walked in there with no mask and two pistols and said, fill them bags up. And they were like, all right. <laughs> like, yeah. the fact that this is the one that – so for those who don't know, Michigan every year, they do the same with Harbaugh. Harbaugh's like, I'm leaving. And they're like, we'll give you a building. And so this time it's come down to – they offered him a king's ransom this past – I think the news broke Christmas Eve. Yes. They offered him all the money in the world, control in the world. And they said – They coached only- seven games this year. And they, that's so funny. It's stupid. They said the only thing you have to do is not interview with an LLC team this offseason. And he looked at that shit like, ah, I wonder what the charge is talking about. <laughs> so it's insane. Now, I don't know if the jobs he wants aren't there or the jobs he thought were there aren't there or he just wants more leverage, which is probably the play. Yeah. But he's come back and said, if I were to return hypothetically, Whatever the NCAA finds out about shit that I've been doing cannot be held against me in a way that will cost me my job. They've Felder, they've already outlined the penalties for the different schedules of NCAA violations that they are anticipating. This man is... See, here's, th- 
You and I can smell a snake because we've had coaches who are snakes. This is a snake, man. This man is just like like it's wild, like it's crazy to like. <sighs> and they just like they just like love this dude. Like he's a Michigan man. I'm like, this is what Michigan men are. <laughs> the no, the fact that he coached seven games is uh, is utterly. He coached fewer than half the regular season games. I want everyone to realize that. This man, look, what is he suspended for? The first three, is that right? First three for the burgers, which for the record, when you say suspended, we're just talking game day. He's sure. game planning, he's working, he's he's doing his job six days of the week. Yes. Just on but game still. day, he's not allowed to play these non-conference cupcakes at the beginning. Right. ECU conference cupcakes at the end, and not including Ohio State, which right. is super funny because now they've got two coaches that Ryan Day can't beat. Uh, by the way. Don't even I, I Ryan Day is maybe the most infuriating coach in college football right now. I need for this. me the, more than Harbaugh. Harbaugh infuriates me on a very moral, think, visceral level. See, I think Harbaugh. I don't think he's good. No, I think I think that in shit. Now we're gonna drag Lincoln Riley about to catch a stray too. Um, like Harbaugh. Tagged as a QB guru, right? You and I have been talking about this for like five years. <laughs> Andrew Luck, generational talent. Colin Kaepernick, amazing player. Yep. And it was at a time in the NFL when RPOs were not available. That wasn't even a thing. And since then, what does he do? Get an Iowa transfer, get a Wisconsin transfer, get an Ole Miss transfer. No, not an Ole Miss transfer. transfer. He ruined Shea Patterson. Yes, I want that on him. his. I want that on his resume. Shea Patterson was so much fun at Ole Miss. Yeah, so fun. Just running around throwing the football. Just doing shit. And then he, Cade McNamara goes transfers out. Oh. And then you you have JJ McCarthy. JJ McCarthy. Hang on, let me look at the numbers because I want to make sure I get this right because I want it to be like. I don't need some dumb idiot to like bother me about this. Like, so here's the reality. JJ McCarthy in his, what they like, I, people are saying he's going to the NFL. Like I'm seeing him mocked, like the whole deal, like mocked in the first round. I think Nick, uh, or Nick, uh, Mel Kepper Jr. Had him in the, as in the top 25 as a, as a overall prospect. So this is, hang on, let's hear about their King. Their King is, and we're just going to, all I'm going to do is the last six games. 60 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. Great, no interceptions. That's very good. 141 yards, zero touchdowns, one interception. 148 yards, one touchdown. 147 yards, zero touchdowns, zero interceptions. 221 yards against Alabama. That's the best game he played all year with three touchdowns. 221 with three. And then 140 for zero zero. That's I mean, I mean I'm if not, that's I'm if, if I'm that's not your king. going to tell any direct stories about my life as a sports agent. Sure. I will only reference a sports illustrated story from 2010 mm -hmm. where they exposed that Mel Kuyper yes. was inflating the draft stocks of his friends' clients. Right. Yes, I know. I know. This. Sign with him. I, I'm not telling you anything that's not Googleable on yes. purpose. It's clearly searchable, and it just is very like this is wild to me.
Like but there was never any repercussion. The story dropped. They asked the questions. He denied. We moved on. And I was like, wait yep. a second, guys. Did anyone realize that Brady Quinn and he shared an agent that year that uh, Brady Quinn was supposed to go in the first round? Did no one point that out besides me? I guess you can't Google that because I just know it because I was there. But anyway, right. let's move on. Um, let's get yeah. to the NFL. Let's, let's get to do the NFL. Let's do, I don't, I, 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 here's the thing. I can't. Michigan, you won a national championship. I'm super happy for you guys. It's been a long time coming. Awesome. Good job. Your team was fine. I <laughs> don't think that you want to run it back against any of the past 15 national champions. <laughs> like, look, <laughs> you have to dig all the way back to probably Nebraska winning a national championship Ooh. before it's like, yeah, we want to play that team. That's a fair, that's a, like, especially coming on the heels of, like, legendary teams like LSU 2019 where it's like and we're well, not that even was, that yeah. was fireworks in the box and here's the thing. we're not even talking about the runner-ups in those years right like the year right. that Tua beat Georgia you think that they want to play that Georgia team why would of all the of all the squads to choose. I'm just saying all I'm saying is like if you're super proud to be the, and then the other thing by the way the last thing I'll say about Saban have you ever seen anyone give a bigger middle finger to the team he lost to, then he gave them Tuesday. They had Tuesday. Tuesday was it. And then he was like, let me tell you something, partner. I'm still the biggest. I'm done around these parts. I'm still the, I'm still the <laughs> listen, I'm the biggest boss that you've seen thus far. Let me show you what college football is all about. It ain't about you. It's about me. There will be zero shots of your parade. You know why? Because I decided I ain't I haven't seen anymore. any. Have you? I haven't, I haven't seen, seen any. Not Nan Nutter. Not Nan Nutter. Not one of them. <laughs> and he was like, you know what? I'm going to give you Tuesday. <laughs> but you ain't going to be back on Tuesday. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. You got to get back. I- you, and guess what? You, I'm going to ruin Michael Felder's daughter's first haircut. Because he did. I'm at the place where my wife and I had our first date. It's across the street from where my kid got, gets her, now gets her haircut, her first ever haircut. I'm at the place where my wife and I had our first date, and I try to, I'm trying to keep the table. Yeah. I just want to make sure we have a table so we can go in there and we can have dinner. Right. Haircut's taking a little bit longer, so I go in, I have a shot, and I'm sipping my shot. I look up, I see damn skinny neck Paul Feinbaum on that son bitch. I said, what is he doing on the evening sports center? And then I see the bottom line, Nick Saban retires. And I'm like, can I, let me get another shot, please. Yeah. I do. I need that one. My too. season was over until it wasn't. It was done. I was, I felt good. And then I walk back into the salon and I do like, I do the hand thing. Everybody knows I do this hand thing, like the hard eye wipe sigh. And my wife is like, something's wrong. What happened? Like, she's like, in her mind, she's like, I hope nothing happened to like anybody in his family. Or, right, right, right. I hope everything's okay. And I just go, fuck. And I'm in a salon. And she goes, you can't. You can't. <laughs> you just can't. You, you can't. can't talk like that in here. You can't do that. What happened? What? You can't. And I said, Nick Saban retired. And she goes, she didn't say, she didn't yell like I did, but she was like, good Lord, do you got to work tonight? And I was like, nope, I'm focused on this. This is a very important moment for our daughter. There you go. And I'm getting some knowledge, bro. Listen, your boy is very close to being able to handle curly hair. And just like, I might be cutting it soon. You better watch out. 
This man has never felt never found a thing he, he thought he couldn't be great at. I love yeah. that about you. Let's I'll go. say Let's this. Go. <laughs> Since I said last week, I'm gonna repeat it again. JJ is gonna get a GM fired. He's gonna get somebody oh, fired. For sure. He's about to get somebody very fired. Yeah. Uh, let's go to the uh, playoffs. Dog, when I look at these last eight teams, and I'm going to start in the NFC because, look, you look at the quarterback selection. Do you, Brock Purdy. Yeah. Do you want to Do you want to talk about this past weekend yet? Oh, we're, we're, oh, oh I, got, I got you, bro. I got, we're going okay, to go. work our way into it. Okay. With the four quarterbacks in the NFC, rookie ass, basically rookie Jordan Love, Brock Purdy, who no one believes in, Reclamation Project, or Fix This Fucking House, uh, Baker Mayfield versus Baker Mayfield. This, versus Chip and Joanna Gaines's Jared Goff. Like it's it it does not look entertaining on paper. But let's start with Green Bay, who went down into Dallas. And I'll tell you what, man, and this is some nerdy football shit, but Mike McCarthy throws slants. And guess who else knows that shit? The the fucking back. Yeah. <laughs> they just were sitting there like Dog. I was like, Dak, was your eye closed? And this wasn't all on Dak because the defense decided not to show up because Dan Quinn thought he had the Seattle job. But man, oh man, Felder, what did I see that night? Well, the, here's the thing. There's there's this, and I was, the, the friction between Dak and CD is like palpable. Like they, like, he's like, give me the ball. And then Dak's like, I guess I'm throwing him the football. And guess what? That's going to be a pick six. Oops. I messed that one up. I forced it to him. Like, so I'm, I'm going to ask you a question as a football guy, not as an analyst. Uh-huh. Because we've had a lot of people analyzing Dak who I think know what they're talking about. Physically, the guy's always had the talent. He took sure. Mississippi State to an Orange Bowl. Yes. But you and I both know a story from his college days that I'm not going to tell out here explicitly. But it speaks to his inability to <laughs> inspire the troops in times of peril. They all I'm going to say is they let him get smoked. There's a, I didn't say that. Y'all heard it. I didn't say a word. That's all I said. All I said was they let him get smoked. And I think that was a pretty deft talking around what we're talking about. Yes. Um, my question is, like, he slipped to the fourth round for a reason. He's the best quarterback in Mississippi State history. Fight me. Yeah. And he slipped to the fourth for a reason. Is this bigger than mechanics? Is this bigger than like I don't think it's a fit issue? He is obviously close with Jerry, and sure. there are dynamics in a locker room that are undeniable. Yeah. Your quarterback mm -hmm. is going to be a different animal than the rest of your team already. Mm -hmm. But when he carries himself, and I hate this because I'm casting aspersions, I'm also talking about what I've seen and what I know about D Dakota Prescott's history. Right. He enjoys or he's Showing the behavior of someone who enjoys that preferential treatment. Yes, absolutely. Is this a, is this, they're like, oh, do you bring back deck? I'm like, guys, this may just be a character trait. This may not be a, a bug. This might be a feature. This might just be who this man is. And so my question is with them bringing back Mike McCarthy, we'll talk more about that in a second. Yeah. What, I mean, I'm 39. Yeah. Since the Cowboys smelled like a Super Bowl, the Falcons have been twice. Yeah. Yeah. That's a crazy oh, ass sentence. <laughs> Freaking Chandler. The chandelier. Felder, is there any it should we come back next year with whatever changes they make and think that something could materially change? I mean, it starts at the top, right? And the top for them is Jerry Jones. <laughs> and then it goes to 
You know, then you get to your GM, Jerry's you get kids. To, you get Jerry's kids, yeah. You get to Mike McCarthy, and, like, they're bringing him back, which, okay, fine. Like, I watch Jason Garrett on television every weekend, and he – this man is like, yo, I'm so glad I don't work there no more. Yo, the Jason Garrett, I'm not talking, but I am staring at the camera and smiling, is a good move by him. I'm glad he's figured out what his face is and his mannequin. I'm, but, I'm, I'm glad yeah. he's found mannequin as his, 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 uh, his go-to. But they got to figure something out with uh, with CD Lamb because CD Lamb. I don't know if you've seen uh, what's that movie, the Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg movie, the other guys. Mm-hmm. And he's like, "You got something inside you," and they say, "Gator don't take no shit." And that's how, I, like CD, that's how, that's who I think CD Lamb is. Is like, dog, don't you're not gonna play me. And I'm I not, feel like I'm not Dakota one of your little friends. React, Dakota doesn't react well to that energy. That's what I'm saying. What well, th- that's exactly what we were talking about, and I think CD is like, nah, dog. I, you know, I I play with Baker. I play with Baker. I play with Jalen. Like, I if you if listen, if you want to get me off this team, get me off this team, and I'll go play with one of them. Send me to Tampa. Put me in. Put me in Philly. What what are you gonna do about it? I have a septum piercing, my man. Do you think I care about <laughs> anybody thinks about me? <laughs> You're speaking of larger issues. Um, very publicly, I dropped, I dropped Jerry one, Jones. I, I drop one pass a game that it hits me in the chest, and then I make one-handed catches. Like, what are you like? I don't want it easy. I like it hard. And it's just it's just not a fit there, and it's just not working. And we've seen it not work on a number of stages. Yeah. This weekend, the I don't I'm looking at this right too. The winning team, Jordan Love. I remember the moment I was like, oh, I'm watching the rest of these Packers games. It was Thanksgiving. Yeah. It was on national television. Mm-hmm. I was texting with my, my my boy's father, who's a huge diehard Packers fan. Sure. I was like, y'all might have a quarterback. And he was like, I don't know. I was like, cool. I understand the trepidation. I watched the rest of them games. Hey, the only thing we got to worry about is when he retires, he's going to get weird. Yes. But like until well, then. Right before he retires. <laughs> Oh, we think oh, we think a 40-year-old coming off an Achilles is a viable plan. Okay. You must work for Woody Johnson because hey, I got some news for him. Hey, it's way it's hey, it's way better than a guy taking dick pics and crocs. Hey, baby, his career ain't over. His career ain't over. We're right on time. This is the t- this is the new timeline. <laughs> I'm just saying, like I mean, but here's here's the crazy part though, and you have to give the Packers credit for identifying talent. Identifying ability. I will say this. I I was a Jordan Love fan when he was at Utah State. I remember, yeah. Because I worked for Stadium and we had Mountain West rights. And so I watched a lot of Jordan Love and he's very good. They also draft and stashed him. I also love Romeo Dubs. It's not Dubs. It is Dubs. I know that because we had the Conference USA package. So I had to watch him. And they had, I thought, the best celebration. Him and his other teammate, they they used to do East Bay Funk like and, and <laughs> connect arms when they they did they started when they when they beat Virginia Tech. So I like Romeo Dubs. I think they've got a good core. This team's going to be really interesting going forward. Obviously, um, the thing with drafting a guy and stashing him is you're going to have to pay him with a smaller. And we talked about this earlier in the show, right? The sample size. Mm-hmm. His sample size is going to be smaller because the years, the yeah. years are the years. But you're, but the thing is, and I always say this, they're seeing him in practice. This isn't like, yeah, uh, that's a good uh, point. Uh, this isn't a stash like legitimate like. Oh, there's no one, but we don't let uh, 
the backups practice in Indianapolis because if 18 goes down, we're right. fucked and we don't practice fucked. That ain't this. Well, speaking is, of well, speaking of practice, Baker, I, I didn't even realize this because I wasn't paying attention. Baker Mayfield was playing defensive back for the Buccaneers last year. No, defensive oh, excuse end, me, baby. for the Panthers. For the Panthers. Defensive end. Rush defensive end. end. Rush end. Giving scout looks, baby. Oh, dude. We'll talk about Baker. I I I'm coming. I've come 360 on Baker. I've come from I love him and hate him, just love him again. I don't know there what we to go. tell you. But this Jordan Love thing, like the thing about it is, yes, they're gonna have to pay him sooner. This yeah. is the youngest receiving core, perhaps in the history. Of the well, NFL. that's what I've heard. They're the, this is the youngest team in the NFL. Yes, they've done. They've structurally put this together where, oh, we'll pay Jordan. We can pay him with with, la- with a lack of data, which may actually help them in negotiations. Yeah, to keep that cost down. Yeah, so I, I think I love it. That's going to be a real problem. The thing about this was their defense left on a bleeding on a team that that started bleeding and could not stop it. There are so many different ways the Niners attack you. Like yes. it's it's the Jackie Chan, which one of y'all kicked me. It is I I don't know what to do. It is yeah. so multiple, and it the fulcrum isn't the quarterback, and that's one team in left in the playoffs that I can say that confidently about. It's not necessarily on Brock Purdy how this team turns out. Right. Because he's the quarterback, I probably feel the well. Least let's do that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Let's go through these guys. Let's go through the okay. quarterbacks that we got coming up this weekend. Texans right. with Straub. Hey, man, look, <laughs> all my agendas, I was born in Houston, black head coach, black quarterback. All my agendas are colliding for me to watch the Texans lose this weekend. However, Ravens, Lamar Jackson, dog, two time, the only two time MVP before 26. We got Packers. We talked about Jordan Love. We got Brock Purdy. We already talked about him. Mm-hmm. We got Bucks with Baker. What is so the thing about. I'm going to step on the Josh Allen thing for a second. We're staying in the NFC. Josh Allen got more accurate in the NFL, which I didn't think was possible. He changed he my mind. He I did. didn't realize that could happen. They asked him to do more. I actually, I was talking to a guy, uh, Tyler Haskins. He played it. He played at Northwestern and I was asking him about um, Josh. I know we're, we're supposed to stick in the NFC. I, I don't listen to directions. I don't it's fair. play well with others. It's fine. Um, where is because I was like, where is JJ McCarthy in your mind? And the scale that I built, D Palm, the scale I built was Josh Allen to Will Levis. Where is he in there? Who's he closer to? What's the answer? Because I don't. The arm strength is the hugest question. Like, is he going to move a little bit? Sure, but like, I Will Levis and the, the uniting factor is they could throw it through a goddamn building. Right, and he, I, we've never seen him do it. I've been told that he's just one quarter away from showing what all the hype's about. I've been promised. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just like, yeah, listen, you can promise me all you want, but until right. it materializes, listen. What are we doing? What are we doing? So, yeah, I just, I, I, I think that, like, to me, like, if I'm looking at the quarterbacks in this, like, yeah, I think, I think Lamar's got to be number one. No, excuse me. I think Mahomes has got to be number one. Then, then Lamar, and then I don't know what I'm doing because I guess Josh Allen, and then CJ Stroud. Because you know the top four are all AFC. Let's make that very clear. Yes, the they, yes, the top are all four on the AFC side. Them, them, them dudes hit. Oh my goodness! And then we got we got Love Golf. 
Love let's talk, golf. Let's talk about the Island of Misfit Toys Bowl. <laughs> golf versus Baker. Hey, man. Dude. I'll say this. I don't – I think the Bucks beat the team that was in the best position to lose. And sure. I think – I think the Steelers were the best position to lose, but yeah. I think, no, they've got a fighter. Them Eagles have quit, motherfucker. Like, that was over before it started. The, I knew the Steelers were at least going to fight, and they made it tight with the Buffalo down the stretch. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. I think the Lions beat a better off the defense for the Lions, which has been the question mark, beat yeah. a better offense than the offense they're going to see this weekend. Dude, it's going to be. I'm again. Shout out to my boy Ben Johnson, offensive Yo. coordinator. Let me tell you something. I, he he's one year behind me from UNC. Yeah, my man wore number twenty three as a quarterback. When we were at school, I was like, he was like, I don't, they don't have any other numbers for me. The rest are retired and I just got to wear this, but he's it's worked amazing. his butt. He's worked his ass off. So I'm going to be, I will, I will, st- I will be a Lions fan. And my wife's a Lions fan. Obviously she's from outside Detroit. I will be rooting my ass off for the Lions. That's going to be a chilly game, baby. That's a chilly game. And by chilly game, I don't mean it's going to be cold outside because yeah. did you see that clip? Oh, that poor guys. And I want people roasting the lady. They have like okay, so this is a quick history lesson about media. At a certain point, Facebook lied about a pivot to video. They said they were getting more clicks on videos than they ever were, and every news organization in America was like, "Then I guess you better pivot to video." In doing so, they gutted their newsrooms. They got rid of yep. investigative reporting, and they pivoted to video. Except, I think it was eight years later, in congressional hearing, Facebook admitted they lied about those fucking numbers. So essentially, yep. they undercut the entirety of American investigative reporting. Yes. They made it no longer a viable. Uh, employment path to goose their numbers. They ruined America to lie about ads. Essentially, like that's just, like we can dress it up all you want, Felder. You know, you probably happen to you. You know people in the industry who lost their jobs behind they were going to video, and then <laughs> all those video departments. A lot of video editors out there unemployed right now or underemployed because they underemployed the is how uh, underemployed is how I would describe it. Because guess what, you can edit videos still. <laughs> the, the problem is on-air talent. They mm-hmm. gone. They, yo, this lady had to be making up for a sports team that had been lost in cuts. I feel bad for it, but also really dumb question. Um, let's go to the <laughs> AFC. <laughs> I had to say it. Let's go to the AFC where my my horror show has occurred. Todd Munkin's never coming back to Georgia. <laughs> Todd Munkin took an offense where you watched him do this with Stetson goddamn Bennett and then mm-hmm. said, what if you gave me Lamar Jackson? And yep. I'm curious, like, yes, they didn't win all their games. What was their final record this year? 13-4. Uh, no, like three of those games they should have won. Like this is yeah. a very close to undefeated team. Like three of those games yeah. were weird fucking losses. Like this is a fantastic football team. And you can say who it points, you can say whose fault it is, you can say why it happened. Roquan Smith, the acquisition of Roquan Smith yes, was so goddamn unfair it's for this fair. team. Yeah, they're they're it's a good football team. Like that's just the reality of it. And they're like the, the thing for me, and I look at it, and they're playing this game is in Baltimore and mm-hmm. or excuse me, Baltimore. And you got a fre- freshman, you got a rookie quarterback. You got a guy that I thought was should have been the number two pick because I like Bryce Young more. And then all of a sudden he just balls out, which makes me go back to talking about Mike Tomlin because you have to look at pedigree, and the pedigree is amazing for CJ Stroud. <laughs> so right. It's unbelievable what he's what he's able to do is amazing, and they're only going to get better, and that's this the crazy is, yeah. part. Like they're playing with house money. 
they're they playing. were banking on another high draft pick this year. Yes. The, was and, it the Will Anderson trade? We're all like, hey, man, what are you doing? And yeah. now it's like, oh, you saw something we didn't know. Yo, and a young D'Amico Ryan's coming out here, and not, I don't know if you've seen the clip where he tells the player how to jump that slant. Yeah. On Flacco, on the second pick, he's like, Let's you, go. it's going to be a three-step game and, and fourth down. You step here, open your hands, pick six of the house. And it happens. That's what you're yeah. talking about when you talk about coaching, man. That's oh, that's coaching. That's someone who understands what they're seeing. They know what they're doing. It's not just teaching rules. It's about teaching, like, this is what's going to happen. And then you look at that, and obviously Will Anderson, uh, hell of a player. Um, oh. I mean, you, like, we like CJ Stroud obviously overshadows him at this stage, but – this guy is going to be in the league for a long time. You throw in like a veteran, like a Sheldon Rankins, and you have this opportunity to just go out and make plays consistently. Uh, I, I, I'll i be honest, I really like Jalen Petrie, and it was very cool. What was it, a year, two years ago when he got drafted and he was like going home essentially. Like, right. And it was really cool to watch that. And so I, I this is this team is well-constructed. Uh, you throw in the, the Steven Nelson kid that went to Oregon State, and now he's here. At Houston after playing, I think for Philly. And so what we're looking at is a guy that just this is a this I this is a well-constructed team going up against a team that's also they're both built different. Does that make it's, sense? This this Baltimore, the this, this is styles this, makes fights. Yes. And this is also the development of a group of people as a team because the core they have in Houston, they want to see evolve into year five being what Baltimore is now. Like this is right. the beginning yes. of that evolution or whatever. It's going to look different because it's going to be scared. It's going to be put together differently, but it, this is the plan. Yeah. And That's I, right. and I think the fact that they're doing this without tank Dell should horrify the rest of the AFC South because right. we do believe Jacksonville. There are problems. Yes. Shorts just easily say um, Indianapolis question mark him saying he gonna keep running when he comes back i'm like hey man <laughs> i need you to realize that as someone who watched you do this in the sec this ain't that you know you're, you're gonna be hurt a lot it's not cute like it's cute to get hit by a vanderbilt corner and pop up and get the crowd cheering shit's not cute in the nfl there's no, no vanderbilt corners in the nfl Res i apologize if there is I, I did no research before that joke but it's just like like Jalen Patriot saw you off, dog. Dog. And then the Titans who just and fired Rabel. Like this yeah. is a this is a this is a division where you're gonna watch CJ Stroud grow very quickly and very impressively. And it makes me happier that Georgia beat him last year. No, nope. yeah. I, I, um yeah. dude, it's just like I like I just and I know sawed off is not a I don't know if that's a PC term or not, but like when I say when I say saw when I say sawed off. I'm not talking about like a little person. I'm talking about like a salt, like sawed off. Like I'm talking, like they're gonna, they're you're you're gonna get split in half. Is what I'm when, saying. When you say sawed off to me, I think shotgun. And I'm shotgun, like, yeah, that's, yes, that yes. describes the person we're talking about. That's exactly, and that's that's getting your knees fully blown out. Like um, getting, in the see, words of hey, my old teammate, getting Willis McGee. Did you see Staff Stafford after that hit? No. He goes, yo, it was a good hit, but you dirty as fuck. <laughs> I see you on film, you dirty. I was like, I, yo, I, I trust staff. Last yeah. game of the weekend, yeah, the heavyweight fight, dude. Everyone's like, I want to see Josh Allen go over, it. motherfucker. How dare you not cheer for Michael Jordan? How Jordan yeah. down the road for his first playoff game? Did you know? Did you know? Do you know what the temperature was? Are better on the road in regular season games than they are at I home. I did not know that. Did you every know? yards? Do you know Touch what the temperature ratio? 
You know what their temperature was last what? weekend? It was three. 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 One, no, the number doesn't matter. It's three. The number matters is I believe it was 52. 52 people were treated in the stadium for yeah. hypothermia. Yeah, it's insane. Symptoms. Like, what? No, I don't want butter. I don't want that much. And you and you listen, and you got a guy that grew up in Hawaii, went to Alabama, <laughs> plays in Miami. Right. I was trying to avoid this. I need you, <laughs> I need you to tell me I'm not crazy for still being on the Tua train. I think you're Tua's not. Got, I think that I love say, it. Oh, it was bad. Dog, you're playing Kansas City, which sneakily put together the best defense in the goddamn NFL. Yep. You're playing them in an Arctic bomb. You're doing so with, I believe it was 22 sacks, not on the field, between Bradley Chubb and the other injured defensive players. Yeah. Like, people were pointing at two. I'm like, yes, two didn't play great, but this was not a game they were ever going to win with the, the, the styles, styles make fights. Yeah. This was not a fight they could win. Patrick Mahomes, you can say what you want about how he does it. He's found one receiver, Rice, who he thinks can catch. Dude, he and hates these dudes. Wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> bro, he bro, he hates these dudes. He's hey, like, yo. He hit somebody on a curl on Sunday. I thought he was trying to kill him with the football. He likes Travis Kelsey and Rice. And he's like the rest of y'all. Did you, do you realize Travis Kelsey and uh and Gronk are the same age? Yeah. He's and Gronk, reti- Gronk retired twice. Yeah, Travis Kelsey is old as fuck, dog. I don't know if I realized that until I looked that up. I was like, oh, yeah, this, dude. this could be it. It should be it. Also, a tip of the cap to Jason Kelsey. Yeah, I don't know sure. if he's gone, but um, not many centers make the make the make the hall, but he's going to. And yeah, awesome. he's going to. Yeah, of course. Like he's definitely going to the Hall of Fame. But Travis Kelsey was born in '89. Like, what are you doing? Damn. That makes it weird that Jason was still playing. Honestly, I'm like, why are you still yeah, playing? Because it's crazy. Because <laughs> you're old. Thirty-seven playing center in the NFL. Thirty-seven in the doing? NFL. Your fingers are broken. <laughs> I don't think I knew how old he was. Bro, right why week. have you seen his Fitz videos where this man is just like, I can't put cleats on. I can't even put shoes on. I just wear flip flops every day. I mean, but yeah. Until it's was, time that... for me to until it's time for me to actually go to work, I can't put shoes on. My feet hurt. That was me in college. Yeah, exactly. I understand. I wore sandals. I wore flip flops. Like if I wasn't in my cleats, I was like, I'm in football. I don't care. Yeah, if my my dude, my foot situation is way worse now. Oh, because because I can't even like I have to wear shoes from the moment I wake up until the moment I go to bed. I have to wear shoes because my feet are so used to being in shoes that when they're out of shoes, it hurts a it lot. It physically hurts because you. Yeah, 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 yeah. And Kelsey's and, the opposite. You're the opposite. Where it's like, no man, I'm not. I'm not wearing shoes. I can't. I got to let these dogs breathe. You can't make me, damn it. <laughs> but this is – I mean, it is. It's Mahomes versus Josh Allen. And, and, and man, it's just – I find it really hard. You mentioned, obviously, the stats, but I find it hard to bet against Mahomes, man. I was talking to um, George Whitfield, the quarterback guy, and he was like he, – he sent me a video. He and I – so this is a very, like – nobody knows about this, or most people don't know about this, but – George Whitfield, the guy that like Johnny Manziel's quarterback coach, yeah. the, the guy with the broom and the whole deal, and he calls uh, San Diego um, college uh, football games now. He um, he and I worked on the Elite Eleven together, and so we got to know each other every week. We spent so much time together, and we 
we did the field of 12 together and this man like we we do like i'll say we probably send each one of us probably sends four at least minimum every day instagram reels to each other <laughs> with comments like that's just our that's our relationship and then we talk on the phone every now and then but he sent me one that was my home team's like and it was one that one of those videos was like my home's spicy and it was like my home's like <laughs> and I was like, yo, but he'd be delivering. He goes, yo, you right. You right. Like, it's so it's so bad. People make fun of Mahomes' voice. I'm like, yo, first and foremost, if you have to go to a quarterback's voice to make fun of him, like, you know how dangerous that motherfucker is? Like, yeah. I can just pull up Josh Allen clips and be like, look, this is the man. This is your king? This is yeah. this is who – he threw one across his body to digs on Sunday. I was like, I wish Dude. I could play a real team. I wish I could play a real team. Oh, my God. I'm so Dude. frustrated. The thing with Josh Allen, and it's 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 not in the same mega doses that you, we we got from uh, who's the kid that is at Florida now that was at Wisconsin, um, the quarterback there, uh, Gray Grayson Gray yeah, Mertz Mertz Graham Mertz Graham Mertz like Graham Mertz could throw the ball a million miles, and then he also could throw the ball to your team five times. Hey, and Josh Allen is like. I'm not going to throw it to you five times, but there's going to be five times you could have got an interception. It's it's the wildest thing because their solution to we play in a windy, cold place was we don't invest in Like, they have a cook back there. I've seen them give him the ball 20 times in the game. I've yeah. seen, I seen it. Yeah. And then they gave the game ball to Josh Allen, and I was like, well, what are we doing here? Because, like, I feel like – and you might – you don't build it. I always have problems with the way they built that Aaron Rodgers uh, Packers team. Why don't you build a dome? Well, not even that. If you're going to build a track race team, yes. You're, you're saying, I need to be inside to be a dome. This Josh Allen experiment, they just like doubled down on everything. They're like, what if we just give him the ball? He's holding the ball for 80% of our plays. Be it yeah. quarterback run or be it a pass. Mm -hmm. We're not trusting anyone else in this roster. And – Yes, it's worked so far, but I'm going to say the thing that they say about Lamar Jackson. What if this motherfucker gets hit too hard? Like, eventually. Right. Eventually. He is good. He is good. Dog, hey, and as a defender, I know this. You, you got mad about this one. The fake slide bullshit. I hate that. Yo, it's. <laughs> I hate it. I hate he snaps it. around so damn fast. I hate it. I hate it. It's, it's, it's fucking garbage. Like, his hand. Like, because if you hit him. He's just going to continue that fake slide into a slide. And yep. now you're in trouble. Yep. And they get free yards. And they also, you're going to get a check. You're, or excuse me, you're going to get an invoice from the NFL. That wants to know how much money they took out of your check. So it's like a different, like, that's, you can't, you, that's not fair. It's the same thing with running backs. When running backs decide, oh, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going bowling ball style. I'm going to put my head down. Oh, wow. Helmet to helmet. That's got it. Come on. You that's saw, you saw the fines coming out like a week later. People getting hit for tackling. I'm like, guys. Yes, it's this, insane. It makes insane. it makes me. I'm in. I'm. I'm infuriated by it. And it's just. It's it. Yes, you did. I snapped a meat like because it's, <laughs> it starts with fucking Kenny Pickett, and then it goes. It keeps going. Like this is worse than when guys pretend to run out of bounds and then step back in. This is worse than that, and it's like. Because they can do it anywhere on the field. At least you had the sideline as your help, and you could like give them a little light tap off push 
So at least they didn't get more yards. I don't, I, I don't get it, man. Like we're, we're deep, we're deep enough in the podcast where I'm about to ask you for your plugs and this stuff. This and the tush push. Like, what are we doing? I'm not, this... I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not on your book. The tush push is a play. Fuck I respect. that. <laughs> However, we're deep enough in the podcast where I can say yes. This. Before you get your plugs off, the only way we're gonna stop this fake slide shit is a quarterback's got to eat one. A quarterback's got to eat a smoked, big old smoke, a big old hit. Like it's gonna take one of those, like we're no longer allowed to hit quarterbacks low, Tom Brady type of hits. It's yeah. gonna have to be something where they they immediately convene the uh, the rules committee. Like, okay, all right, clearly this can't be allowed because we're Some- gonna get the quarterback in. Somebody's gonna need to get smoked at on a public, like not smoked in like the four o'clock window on an, a random Sunday. We're gonna Sunday need a prime football. time smoking. We're gonna need you to be the only game on television. You try this fake slide shit, and then it needs to be a good quarterback too. Oh, and I'm look. I'm not saying that the Chiefs are a great defense, and the Josh probably probably shouldn't try that shit, but. Chiefs are a great defense, and Josh oh. Allen probably shouldn't try that shit. Somebody Tell needs her. to you, somebody needs to smoke. Like I'm, I'm sorry, man. Like <laughs> there, not enough. Like there's, there's no fear in football right now, and I don't mean to sound oh, like no. one of those guys of like You're the game is getting salt. You're not about to be the same salt. old ass dude, man. I'm not trying. I'm not trying to say the game is getting salt. I think it is. Like I think there's selective things that they're policing, but when you don't have, when a quarterback doesn't have fear of. Putting when, when a wide receiver doesn't have fear of coming across the middle, and when the quarterback doesn't have fear, or the quarterback actually gets rewarded for putting him in a place of true like jeopardy. Let's call them what we called them growing up, hospital balls. Yes, they get the but they are allowed to throw them now, and then the defense gets in trouble. Yes, and there's no fear, so we don't have when you don't like when you don't have to worry. And I'm not a big fan of this guy, but when you're not worried about Steve Smith coming back to the huddle saying, Hey man, that's some bullshit. Don't do that again. Right. When you don't, when you don't like when Peyton Peyton Manning was worried that Reggie Wayne or Marvin Harrison was like, Hey man, no, don't ever do that again. Not Dallas Clark Clark routes. I don't run them joints. Anquan Bolden, when his face got completely broken, and he was like, looks like four different people. It's ridiculous. He, it's he was like, ridiculous. no, no more. Don't do it anymore. And like, that's, they don't have, that doesn't exist anymore. They just are like willy nilly doing whatever. Ah, da, 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 da. Standing in the pocket for a million hours. You can't touch me. It's fine. Like, I'm not saying football itself. I'm not one of those guys. That's, I don't like those guys either. I'm saying that there should be a modicum because look, think about this. As a defensive player, I'm terrified. I'm terrified every play. I'm not terrified of what I might do to a guy. If I if I break his face, I break his face. But what I'm terrified of, like every single play, if Tyreek Hill lines up over here and I'm on that side, I'm like, oh shit, I'm fucked right now. This is bad for me. There's fear there. That's fear. Mm-hmm. If you're a if you're a defensive, if you're an offensive tackle, it's a and offensive line is a fearful position. And TJ Watt is lined up over here. You're like, man. Fuck that. If it, if it doesn't be TJ Watt, it has to be two people moving in a way that you're not used to. If you sure. see a picture you're not used to, the immediate. It's terrifying. It's, it's, you're like, oh, so they're coming. We just don't know which ones and from right. where. Fantastic. That's, That's why great. offensive linemen and defensive backs fit together because mm-hmm. you we have no idea what's going to happen. So no every clue. play is a nightmare and it's terrifying. <laughs> you're not in charge of anything. Not at all. And so. Defensive linemen, they're terrifying. Why? Because they can change the picture on you very quick. They're very big, strong men that go very fast, mm-hmm. and they make you look silly. 
Wide receivers, same thing. Smaller guys, but they know where they're going. Mm-hmm. And if you can't instill any modicum of fear in them or the idea of accountability from the quarterback, then that's hard. It makes it even harder to do that job. That's all I'm saying. Like That's we, that's what I talk about with fear. We were playing, uh, I want to say it was Duquesne, I don't remember who it was, and uh, they had a, a, a really good three technique. And he was going to be lined up with me all day. And I said, all right, that's fine. Second play of the game, we called um, 50 game, which is essentially our five-step drop stuff. Five-step uh, drop, yeah, yeah. Man, man pro. And we knew based on the alignment that it was zone blitz. Sure. So, kid, we high-loaded. Essentially, we high-loaded. Sure. In the second play of the game. Because yeah. I needed him to be more afraid of someone coming at his knee than a desire to get to the quarterback. And you can say yeah. it was wrong, it was dirty. Part of the game of football is deterrence. Yes. I don't want you to try that again because I want you to be – I want you to not enjoy what happened to you. And that's all I'm saying. That's that's yeah. the only point I'm trying to make is that, like, if you can't provide a deterrent, they don't let you, they don't allow you to do it, then they're just going to keep doing it. And we're I seeing that. It. Like, this this offensive explosion is insane. All right, folks, check I, out – Hold on, hold on. I'm going to lead into your – your, I love that we talk, started talking about, like, high-minded, like – schematic like a spiritual approach to the game in Nick Saban and we devolved yeah. into football guys being like you should be able to hit harder <laughs> I mean football's supposed to be hard it's a violent sport it's violence it's, it people is. Say it's, it's a contact sport no basketball's a contact sport football's a collision sport there's yeah. a very big difference that's, a, Yo, that's tell what them I, where to tell me where to find you brother so check out the substack um it's felder.substack.com uh I got it. I, I'm actually tomorrow. Two things go up tomorrow, and one of them is the play tracking because I wanted to see what DeBoer is going to bring to Alabama. And the reality is, they are only three plays apart per game. Really, only three plays apart per game. But hmm. I think the interesting thing is this season. So that's over the course of the last four years. DeBoer at the FBS level with right, right, the right. last four years of Saban, but they're also only three uh, plays apart this season, 23. So. It's very interesting to see kind of what that what that holds, and then I'm going to check out. I'm, I'm probably going to add some Jed Fish in there too, just because he's taking the Washington job. Yeah. Um, but one of the things that I said, I said football is a sport where you are either making sure that you create a car crash every play, mm-hmm. offensive line, defensive line, linebackers, defensive backs, or avoiding a car crash every play. And what we've done is create a sport where the people that are trying to avoid the car crash are out pushed out in front. Quarterbacks, wide receivers, even some, even running backs. Where that's like that's but that's the sport. The sport, and I'm glad you brought it up because what we're looking at is the people that are trying to create the car crash, with the exception of the line play. They don't even I dude, I feel bad. <laughs> they don't give a shit about y'all. They're so dog. They are so much bigger and faster than they were when I was playing. I'm like, this is safe at all. But here's the thing: like, think about like a trap block, bro. You can if you smoke someone on a trap, they're not even. They don't say nothing. It's it's so much fun. (laughs) It's so much fun. I know. Just that 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 quick drop step, and all you see is an ear hole. You're like, oh no. Yeah, you put it. Has no idea. You step in a bucket and all you got is the logo. You're dead, homie. I'm about to change the world. Oh, I'm about to change your world. I'm about to change your world. 
Because I tell you what, <laughs> you think oh you you think you're this good? That's the thing I always love about traps, counters, and screens. Is sitting in film when we had whole defense film, and we gave up a trap or a counter, we gave up a screen, and the coach circling it, circling the guy, and he's like, "You think you're this good? This is how good you think you are? That you got a free run?" They this were just is, too. They were too scared to block you. What did you think happened? You thought you were this good, <laughs> my man. If you ask him in the third quarter, there's no answer. Like I, I didn't. I mean, you know, I've been playing hard all game. <laughs> They're like, yo, you think you're this good? That they didn't like. You you thought you got here on your own, and not them setting you up. They set you up, player. It was a setup hey, to man. get wet up. This is a defensive. Okay, all right, all right. Um, what do they say to y'all on screen game when all of a sudden one of us is hitting one of y'all? What do they say then? Do you, you think never- you're that good? <laughs> you didn't see him coming. You didn't see that fat boy coming. You didn't see him. You thought you had a free run at the running back. You thought you were that good. You thought you were that good on a tunnel screen. You thought he was just running a slant oh, no. behind the line of scrimmage. You thought he was running a slant and nobody was coming back across to check you. That's listen. That's why you got a neck brace on. But the, honestly, like, and, and, thank you for doing this, but that's it. That's football. That right there is you take it. You, you engender aggression. They are aggressive. You punish them for the aggression. And yeah. You recalibrate. Like, and you, yes, it. exactly. That's, that's it. it. That's it. That's, you know, that's, hey. Hey, I'm not trying to end the show for you, but that's the show. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Uh, that was your show. There is no outro. We'll be back next week. See you guys then.